0: to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Well, hallelujah. I find out there's, there's two, two reasons why people don't receive revelation out of the word. One reason it's too deep when they hear it, and the other reason is it's too shallow. Mm-hmm. It's too deep, you don't really understand it, and you try to understand it with your head and you really don't get it, but if it's too shallow, you think you already know it. Yeah. And when you think you already know it, you don't know it, praise God. So this morning we're going to stay sort of shallow. I was going to end with this little story, but I'm going to start with it. How does that sound? Good. Very good. We've been talking about your identity, we've been talking about who you are, we've been talking about being new creations, really new creations, you're a spirit being and you have been changed. And the more you find out about who you are, the more you'll start living and acting like who you are. You live out of your identity. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you think of yourself as a winner, you'll start winning. You think of yourself as blessed, you'll live blessed. If you think of yourself as anointed, you'll live anointed. It all depends what you think. And a long time ago, I was in watching, when my kids were just small, we were watching a cartoon. Say cartoons talk. Cartoon. Yeah, God talks through cartoons, praise God. There was a cartoon on there basically where this stork was flying around and he was dropping off babies. You know how they do it, all the little white things and everything. And he went over to the, the pasture and dropped a couple. Then he came to the sheep and he dropped like three of them there and he kept going on. And when they came out, these two little cute lambs came out and then out of one came out a baby lion. He dropped it at the wrong place. And the lion got out of there and the sheep said, my God, this is the ugliest sheep I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know what this sheep, whose sheep this belongs to. Nobody wanted to claim him or anything. So he's growing up with the sheep and the sheep are frolicking along and he just sits there because he can't do that. And as they start to learn, they start to buck heads and stuff like they're supposed to. And he didn't buck any heads because he didn't look like them, couldn't do anything like them, couldn't do nothing with them. And he just thought, this is terrible. Nobody will play sheep games with me. Nobody wants to claim me. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. So one day day the big bunch of wolves came down from the mountain. They came running down and all the sheep scattered in different directions and they hid. Well he went and hid behind a tree. And these wolves were getting in the sheep and grabbing the sheep and taking every one of the sheep. And one of the wolves came around the corner to see him and saw him and stopped and said it's a lion! And he said my God, I'm a lion! And he stepped out and all the wolves went "Ah!" And they all ran away. This is the way most Christians are. See, most of us are sheeps, not knowing that we're lions. Amen. And sometimes it takes the enemy to bring the lion out of us. Hallelujah. Yeah. See, we come under attack, then now we're something, praise God. We've just instantly went in the phone booth, put on SC for super Christian, and now we're ready to do battle. But you're a lion every single day, not just when the wolf comes around, praise God. And it's the identity of that poor lion. He was depressed all the time, down all the time. Well, he was a lion for all those years before the wolf actually told him he was a lion. And it's the same way with us. We are going to find out who we really are, and we're not going to act like sheep anymore. We're going to act like lions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I have a little roar? All right. Go to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning. We're going to show you something about spiritual law and natural law. They're basically parallel a lot of places. They'll be parallel today. All right, look at Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 26. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, they use this scripture a lot when we're talking about authority, but I don't want to talk about authority this morning. I want to talk about verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Notice, mankind originally was made in God's image and in God's likeness. This was not I, our, our idea, this was God's idea. How many of you know that? So he made man in his image. Another one says, just as God was, he made mankind in the beginning. Now how many of you know there was a problem that happened after that? Go to Genesis chapter 3. Look at verse 3. It says, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you shall surely do what? surely die. Now here, here's God saying, if you eat off that tree, you're going to die. Now, we think of, of death as physical, but death is also spiritual. How I many you know there's a spiritual death and a physical death? So what happened here, God said, you shall surely die. Adam ate off the tree that day, but Adam did not die physically that day. He died spiritually that day. So death basically, even physical for us, is simply separation from our bodies. Where spirit means when we die physically, our body's going to fall down, but how many know we're going to live forever and ever and ever and ever? Well, spiritual death is simply being separated from God and not being connected to God anymore, not being in faith with God, but instead living in fear. So when he did that, what happened? There was a change on the inside of him. His nature changed. Everything about him changed when he sinned, and he became in the image and likeness of the enemy rather than in the image and likeness of God. If you want to put it that way, he was actually born again. Uh But he wasn't born again from death to life. He was born again from life to to death. So basically in verse 10 it says he was afraid so that he hid. How many know he went into fear? So now he was afraid of God. He was walking in the cool of the day with God. Didn't have any problem with God at all until his nature changed, until he became spiritually dead. Say spiritually dead. 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 All right, go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 really gives the whole story here about your existence before and even after. Look at Romans chapter 5, go to verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all had sin. Now who's he talking about here? Talking about Adam. For by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world. Notice sin wasn't in the world till then. And also death, physical and spiritual, came in by that sin. And then death did what? It passed upon how many men? How many men? So sin entered the world, and it passed upon all men. Look at verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Now verse 14. Nevertheless, death ruled and reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, over the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is a figure of him that is to come. So this was saying even that Moses wasn't in the garden, how many you know he wasn't in there? Even though he wasn't in there, he also experienced the same death that Adam experienced. But it came in by Adam, not by Moses. It doesn't say Moses sinned. It says Moses became what Adam was by reproduction. Are you following me? Now, Now there's In the Bible, it's basically there's something that says every seed reproduces after its own kind. So when sin came in the world through Adam, everybody who was born of Adam or out of Adam, I mean, we all came out of Adam, came out of Adam, they were born in sin, and they were born in spiritual death. So even though I was not in the garden, was any of you in the garden? I don't think anybody was in there. No. We weren't in the garden, we didn't sin, we didn't do anything, but we received the same penalty and the same nature and the same everything else, fear and worry and all our issues, we received simply because we came out of Adam, and Adam the one who sinned. Look at verse 15. It says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift, for if through one the offense of one, many are dead. Now, who's he talking about there? He's talking about us, isn't he? Many of us are dead. Look at verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made what? Sinners. We were all made sinners. So everybody born in this world, I don't care who you are, other than Jesus, of course, was born in this world, and you were born a sinner. You had a sin nature on the inside of you. It was there. How many of you had to take and get an associate's degree in sin before you could? Oh, it was a natural thing to do, wasn't it? You were born a sinner, so you sinned. And hopefully you got away with every time you Every time you lied, hopefully you got away. Every time you stole, hopefully you got away. Uh, if you robbed a bank, hopefully you got away. But if you got caught, how many know then? You knew it was definitely wrong. See? So on the inside of us, we have this sin nature. But we don't have to be taught to sin when we're born in the world. We can sin. Watch a little child. You don't have to teach them to be rebellious. You don't have to teach them to say no when mommy asks them to do something. You don't have to teach them that because that's the way they were born. That's the nature on the inside of us. That's why we take the rod of correction and we make a statement on their little booty to drive that rebellion out of them so that they start to learn obedience and understanding and everything and going in the right direction. That's what we do as parents and grandparents, praise God. Okay, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2 look at verse 2 this tells about us wherein in times past we walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air of course that's Satan and the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience so there's a spirit at work on the inside of people who are not born again among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh ever been there fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind ever been there was well, because we were by nature the children of wrath even as others. So this tells us that we were born as sinners because of what Adam did. Every man born after that that came from Adam, which is everybody, were born sinners. Now, when I first started studying this, I went to God and I say, this isn't really fair, in my opinion. I wasn't in the garden. I didn't sin. He did everything. Why should I be a child of the devil? Why should I have trouble with sin? Why should I be separated from God? I wasn't even there. I had nothing to do with it. It was all that goofy Adam's fault who did that. So to me, it's just not fair. You ever feel that way? I mean, gee whiz, if somebody else does something wrong, you don't feel like it should be credited to you. I said, what's the problem? And he said, go to Genesis chapter 1. He likes Genesis chapter 1. All right, Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was what? Good. So here he's talking about grass. He's talking about trees. How many know that a, that a tree has a seed, and it drops that seed into the ground, and when a tree comes up, it produces after its own kind, through a seed? All right. Look at verse 21. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly, after their kind, and every winged fowl after His, you think God's trying to maybe get something across here? And God said that it was good. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about living creatures. He's talking about whales. Whales reproduce. Where did it come from? The seed that was in them. When the seed came out and they reproduced, how many know they produced a whale? How many know a cow actually produces a? A dog actually produces a? Very good, praise God. You guys are really with it today. Look at verse 24. I told you it was going to be shallow. Look at verse 24. And God said let the earth bring forth a living creature after his kind cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after his kind and it was so and God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind and God saw that it was good Now how many of you know if I wrote this somebody would have edited it They would not allow this So what's he trying to get across He's trying to get across that every seed produces after its own kind, and the seed of Adam produced us when we were born into the world as sinners. All right, go to Genesis chapter 5. All right, Genesis chapter 5, look at verse 3. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name what? Seth. So here it's talking about basically, here's the next person came along. He had a child. That child was in his image and likeness. Why was that? Because the seed that was in him went in his child, and his child was also born a sinner. Why? Because of what Adam did. So God basically, who put mankind here to put a kingdom here and rule and reign on this earth, now can't do that because the nature in every man is not a godly nature. It's not to have godly characteristics. It's not love, peace, and joy. It's basically fear and sin and all this stuff. So God has to do something. How I mean, you know God's got a plan? Yes, he does. All right, look at Genesis chapter 3. Look at verse 15. Well, we got to go back to 14 so you know who he's talking to. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shall thou go, and dust shall they eat all the days of thy life. And I have put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy what? Seed. And her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. So God says, what am I going to do in this situation? I've got to do something. So I'm going to send a seed. Say a seed. He was going to send a seed. What for? Because he had to do something in the earth realm, which is headed in the wrong direction, had all men who were spiritually unborn, they were dead in their spirit, they were living in fear and basically being controlled by the enemy, the devil himself. All right, go to Luke chapter 8. All right, Luke chapter 8, look at verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the what? Word of God. So here it tells us what the seed of God is. The seed of God is the Word, Word of God. Mary covered some of this even on, on Wednesday night. But the seed it's talking about happens to be the Word of God. Amen. So the, what God sent was the seed and it was the Word, Word of God. All right, go to John chapter 1. All right, John chapter 1. Look at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. All right, now we already found out that the Word is the seed, and the seed is the Word. Say, "The the Word is the seed. Say, the seed is the Word. All right, so we can substitute if we want here to seed for a word because they're the same thing. All right. So notice, in the beginning was the seed, and the seed was with God, and the seed was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by the seed, and without the seed was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So here he says he sent a seed. That seed is the word of God, but that seed is also God. Say See, the seed is God. So now here we are, we're in the natural realm, and uh, I'm a corn, corn farmer, and I got me a good field of corn, and it's growing up real nice and everything, and I planted corn in there. Now, if I ignored that field and never did anything else, next year, what do you think would grow in that field? Corn. Corn, corn would grow in that. I mean, drop the seed down, right? I would drop the seed down, it'd go in the earth, and it'd come up, so it'd be corn. And if I waited the next year, what would be there? And if I waited the next year, what would be there? So the only way I could do it and make a change in my field. Would be first of all to kill the crop that was in there and then plant wheat because if i planted wheat that year and killed the corn what would come up the next year and come up the next year because everything produces after what its own kind kind. now basically so the seed basically whatever seed you put into the earth that grows up it's from that seed and it is that seed you understand you're never you're never going to see a cow have a baby and it's going to be a horse you're never going to plant corn and have watermelon come up. You're never going to do these things. You're not going to plant, plant a cow or have a cow have a baby, and you're not going to have half a cow, half a dog. You're going to have a cow. And why do everything's after its nature? So man was a sinner. They were nature. A dog barks. Why? It's his nature. A cat meows. Why? It's his nature. A moo cow moos. Why? It's his, you never see a moo cow go, Meow. Why? Because it's not the nature, are you following me, yes. of the cow to do that stuff. They do what the nature is. So here it says there's a seed that's sent. And that seed look at verse 14. It says, and the word or the seed was made flesh, and he actually dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. While we're there, we're just going to hit these two scriptures. We won't have to come back. Look at verse 13, talking about us. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but we were born of who? We were born of the seed, weren't we? All right, look at verse 16. Of a little bit of him have we all received. Of part of him have we all received. Some of him we've all received. No, of his what? Fullness we have all received. Grace, it was a freebie, and we receive it by? grace, a freebie. So he's saying the seed that's going to be planted is going to allow you to receive from God fully what God is, who he is, what his character is, what he does, who he is, the power that he has, the nature that he has, everything he has comes from, because everyone comes from the same seed. Everything produces after its own kind. All right, go to Galatians chapter 3. Alright, Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not unto seeds as of many, but as of one seed, and that seed which is who? That seed which is who? Alright, so the seed that God sent was not only the word of God, it was also Jesus Christ who was actually God. So God sent a God seed into the world, and that God seed was to take the place of the other seed that was here, which was corrupt people who came from a corrupt seed. He wanted to change that by sending an incorruptible seed to have people who would be born of an incorruptible seed. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Peter. All right, look at verse 23, Peter 1.23. It tells you here, being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed by what? The Word of God which lives and abides, how long? Forever. Forever. So here it tells you, you're no longer born again by that corruptible seed. God had to kill that crop. Mm, my God. And create a new crop of people who are completely different from the old crop of people. See? There's many people born again who still think they're of right. the corruptible seed. Yeah, I'm a loser. I can't do nothing. I'm fearful. God don't like me. Blah, blah, blah. That's an incorruptible mindset. Right. But you weren't born of an incorruptible seed. You, you were born of an incorruptible seed, not a corruptible right. seed. So we have to change our mindset to who we are now because we are not, and and you're not a hybrid. Many Christians think they're half God and half the devil. And when they act like the devil, God will step in and forgive them. No, you're all of one seed. The seed was planted. Every seed produces after its own kind. So I tell you this morning, it's not my fault I'm anointed you follow me it's not my fault I walk in peace and joy it's not my fault I am righteous and peace and have joy in the Holy Ghost it has nothing to do with me did you ever see a cow get excited because he's a cow <laughs> did you ever see him claim to the other cows I became a cow <laughs> are you following me he's a cow because he reproduced after a cow he never got out and said a little cow born saying I'm a horse I'm a horse and I'm a sheep. That's what I want to be. I don't care what you want to be. This is what you are. Do you see? It's the only way it can be. It's spiritual law. It's got to be that way. So you've got to be holy this morning. You've got to be righteous this morning because you came from that seed that made. you've got to have power over the devil this morning because you came from a seed of a guy who has the power over the devil and you were born in his image and likeness again and you are that seed of him. It's, it's normal anything. a uh, Corn produces corn. Wheat produces wheat. God produces God. I preached on the image and likeness of God and what we were one time. My God, I thought they were going to throw me out of the city. See, it's the mindset that we've got. We don't understand who he really made us. We're the little lion going through our whole lives as a lion, not doing anything with a bunch of sheep around us. And there they are. There's a, I wish I was a sheep. I wish I was a sheep. I wish I was a sheep. I could be like the sheep. You don't want to be anything like the sheep. You want to be like a lion, because that's where you came from. That's what the stork brought to you, praise God. A brand new seed that's on the inside of you, and that seed is a God seed. So it's not your fault. You can't take credit for who you are. No. Thank you. And watch what Jesus said. He walks up to the disciples, and he said, be ye holy. He didn't say become holy. Right. He said, be ye holy. They said, why? Because I'm holy. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Why should I be holy? Because I'm holy, and you came from my seed, stupid. I mean, he had to get frustrated, you would think. And everybody says, well, you don't have anointing because Jesus is the anointed one. Well, guess what? I'm from the seed of the anointed one, and I'm one with the anointed one. As a matter of fact, he's the head and I'm the body. How come you keep cutting off my head? Right. Come on. Churches every time amputating everybody in church, shutting their heads off. You're a wick. You're a sinner. Jesus is wonderful. You're a rat fink. You can't do nothing. He does everything. You did you, you? See what are we doing? Our thought life. There it is. It's it's out here. We we ain't doing nothing for God. We're hoping God does everything for us. When God's already did everything for us because you were born of that seed. Basically, this on the inside of you. So how did I become a sinner? I got born. How did it become in the image of God? I got born again. again. Simply got born. That's why you must be. See, you can be a sinner all you want and do all the good deeds you want to do, but you haven't been born again, and you've still got the nature of the enemy on the inside of you, and you're not a mingle seed. So don't claim to be holy and then unholy. Don't claim to be a sinner saved by grace and then tell everybody you're a saint. Make up your mind. Find out who you really are. But how do I know who I really am? Because every seed produces after its own kind. And Jesus was the seed, and Jesus is not going to produce little demons. He's not going to produce fearful people. He's not going to produce goofy people. He's going to produce 100% God himself. Praise God. So cats meow, dogs bark. What do we do? We walk in victory. We walk in divine health. See, healing, we're healed. We are healed creatures. You may be getting attacked physically, but, you know, God told me a long time ago, attacks do not determine your state of identity. See? So if you've got a physical thing on you, don't lose your identity in the midst of the battle. Now, in other words, don't go back to, I'm a sinner, and I'm sick, and I'm down and out, because now you've regressed into the corruptible area, and you can't dig out of there. The old man mentality don't help you in any situation. It won't help you. You know, like we talked a little bit this morning, and God doesn't have to do it for you. God already did it for you, praise God, and we're in the process of receiving and taking what already belongs to us, but it all came through us being a seed. So Christians who are, I'm unworthy, I'm sick. I'm weak. I'm down and out. That isn't the truth. They don't know who they are. They still think they're born of the corruptible seed, rather the incorruptible seed. All right. Go to John chapter 12. Now we'll get to the good part, finally. All right, John chapter 12. Are you there? I right, look at verse 23. And Jesus answered, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about simple natural and spiritual law. If I got a seed and I plant it in the ground, how many know it's going to grow? I mean, if I put it on cement, it's probably not going to grow. I mean, if I put it on my dresser, it's not going to grow. It has to be put in the ground in order for it to grow and produce after its own kind. So Jesus here says, unless a, a seed of corn or wheat falls to the ground and dies, it won't produce. But if it's put in the ground, how many know it's going to produce much fruit? That's what it's for. That's why we put it in the ground. So so what happened? Here's the devil. We're going to think like the devil just for a second. He says, "This this Jesus is making me mad. He's healing the sick. He's casting out devils. He's destroying my whole kingdom. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill him and put him in the ground. Come on, are you with me? I'm going to kill him good and I'm going to plant him in the ground. He had no idea that Jesus was a If he'd have just left him alone, he'd only had one Jesus to fight. But since he put him in the ground, now on Pentecost he had 120 seeds, and now he's got millions of seeds running all over. I mean, he went, my bad. My bad, demons. I made a mistake there. Yeah, he killed him and he put him in the ground. So Jesus not only died, you've got to understand, he also multiplied when he was put in the ground as a seed. And what did he produce? Loser Christians? people who are sinners people who are depressed people who are down and out no he reproduced after his own kind hallelujah all right go to first corinthians chapter 2. how many you no know saint would love to do a do-over Right, this explains it right here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world, had come to naught. So notice, the only thing he had was the wisdom of this world. It was, it was a good idea for him to do that world-wise. How many of you know that? Look at verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God before ordained before the world unto our glory. Look at verse 8, which none of the princesses of this world knew, for had they known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, they're thinking from a natural spirit, I want to take care of that guy, I'm going to kill him, put him in the ground. They had no spiritual knowledge at all that when they put him in the ground, he was going to reproduce and multiply after that. So he says, basically right here, uh, uh, the princes of this world didn't know that, but after they did it, how many of you knew they knew it? I mean, on Pentecost Day, they definitely knew that they made a boo-boo. Because all that time, you know, they had to be rejoicing. They had to be sitting there doing good. So Jesus was raised from the dead. And everybody that gets born again is born out of Christ and becomes the fruit of Christ himself. Are you following? So when you think about yourself, anything you think about yourself that is not in line with being godly is wrong thinking. Now, I know mean, you got some correcting to do. We all do. We got some correcting. Oh, I just can't do. Oh, it never works out for me. Oh, blah, blah. Uh, blah, blah. I'm just so weak. I'm sick. Oh, yeah. I got this. I mean, that's not, Jesus. I never saw that. Jesus never do that stuff. Oh, Judas, my God, what's Peter? What an idiot. You never see him doing that stuff because that was not his nature. So we want to line up our thought life and our revelation with our nature so that we manifest. I think Mary talked about the, a little bit about the glory. The glory that you have in you will manifest with, when you agree with what's in you, it will manifest out of you. And each one of us has a different portion of the glory in us for what we're supposed to do. Are you following me? So in mind, when I preach, I am expressing the glory of God that's in me, because that's a gift God gave me that He can do through me that expresses the glory. It's it's not just it's for every I mean, the Bible says the moon has a glory. Yeah. Well when does the moon have glory? When it shines. Come on, when it don't shine, ain't no glory there, is there? Does it have glory? Yes, it does. Same way with the sun, all these things. You have glory in you, basically. You have the nature of God in you, and God wants to manifest aspects of that nature out of you, basically through the spirit that's on the inside of you. So whatever you're called to do, you will be able to do. But you have to find out what you're called to do and not try to do what you see someone else doing because you like what they're doing if you're not called to do it. See? You you don't have to be like anybody else. you got to be like you. What you see is what you get, praise God. That's who you are, praise God. That's what you do. You don't put on any masks. You don't have to impress anybody. You don't care if they like the way you dress. They don't care anything about you. You just be you, praise God. But you live a happy, joyful life, like Cody said. Something's wrong with this guy, T-guy. He's happy all the time. You think we should get him a doctor's appointment? Because he's really got an issue. Yeah. He doesn't fear. He doesn't freak out. I mean, this guy has really got problems. (laughs) See? Because to the rest of the world, what they're doing is normal. But to us, there's a different normal. And that normal is Christ's likeness on the inside of each and every one of us, see? So when we manifest that, the world sees that and wonders what the heck is wrong with us. But the problem with the church is it's got too many people who have been born again who act like them. So they call us hypocrites. Because the only when you don't know your nature and who you are, the only time you can act godly is in church for two hours on Sunday. And then you leave church and that all attitude kicks back in and all once they see you in church and they see you at work. And they wonder which one. See, you're a hybrid. You're a hybrid Christian. You're God for a little bit, and you're the devil for a little bit. But it's not because you haven't been changed in here, because you've been born again of an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God on the inside, and you are now a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Let's just read that before we quit. Second Corinthians chapter 5. People say, well, you're just trying to be like God. No, I already am God. Yeah. I already am like God. I don't have to try to be like God. I already am like God. You're just boasting. No, I'm just claiming what belongs to me and living in the darn thing, for goodness sakes. Hallelujah. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. Your Bible should just fall open to there when you open them up pretty soon. All right, it says, Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new. Now, what kind of creature is he? He is. Now notice, old things passed away. He killed the old crop. Your old man is dead. Who you used to be with his traits is dead. He's gone. You have authority over his, his deeds, his habits, his whatever. You have the victory over those things if you want to, but if you're, if you're constantly used to claiming them, you'll still find yourself trying to claim them. You know, pity is one. Everybody wants pitied rather than to just go through the thing and live in victory. Because it feels good. Come on, don't pity, feel real good. You know, when Cassie gets upset, he goes, Ehh. and I go over and comfort him a little bit, you know. and you got to be careful, though, because if he was corrected by mom and dad, you can't really get in there and comfort him. You know? <laughs> but you can see, you know, you can see when he's having a rough time. And it's the same way for us. We should come to a point in our spirits, like this morning in that song, y- you sooner or later you're going to be able to pick things out that aren't necessarily wrong, and we're not being critical, but they strike your mind like chalk, chalkboard. You know, you know something's wrong there, but you can't figure out what it is till you think of it. And your identity is, if he did it for him, that he did it for you. In other words, if he did it for me, he's already done it for you. People say, how do I, I want to be like you. Then believe like me. Don't try to become something. Just become who you are. And how many know this is going to take the word of God again? You're going to have to figure out who you are, who the Bible says you are, who God is. So he took us, he restored us. Say restored us. us. So he took us when we got born again and restored us way back to Adam before Adam messed up. We've been restored back to there. So we're restored before he fell. we are created the image and likeness of God. We have authority and dominion here on the earth. And that's what the kingdom of God is. It's spreading that authority. It's spreading that dominion. It's spreading that character. The morals of God. The values of God. The everything of God. We're spreading it in other people. Because it's the only right way to do it. I've been seeing a young guy in prison. And the first thing I walked in, I said, Do you think God's way is better or your way? And how it didn't take him long to say God's way see and even when he was doing something he knew in here that God's way was probably gonna work out better but he just couldn't get out of it until he made a bigger mistake and it's the same way with us it should show you it should be something you should have a ticker on the inside of you that's in there that tells you don't do that don't get angry don't do this don't do that and if you make a mistake just repent right there I'll tell you what will really cure you repent in front of somebody in other words, say something really stupid, then say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I said I'm sorry I said that I'm really stupid. Rather than say, well that's the way it is. Hallelujah. Praise God. No, you correct yourself in front of people. You correct yourself all the time. There's ways that you think in the way that you do. We want to change that way of thinking, don't we? We want to think like Jesus thought. Jesus thought as a winner all the time, man. He wasn't in fear in anything else. So you're from that seed. Say I'm from that seed and every seed produces after its own kind jesus has been killed buried in the ground produced much fruit you are part of that fruit today praise god that he already did so it's not your efforts it's not your fighting it's not what i can do and what i can't do it's basically simply believing who you are in christ jesus and then as a man thinks in his heart so will he be in life hallelujah father i thank you for your word this morning I thank you for being the seed who came and suffered and died on the cross and was buried. I thank you that Satan is so stupid he went right along with the whole plan, Lord. I thank you and praise God for every single person here. I thank you for an elevation in our thought life of who we are, what you did for us on the cross. We become more and more thankful as we learn more and more what you did for us It's already been provided for us. We thank you we go out now, we live a kingdom lifestyle, we are going to live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah.